Is this finally going to be the week that the Hoosiers get back in the win column? You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? It is Friday, October 21st. This is Locked on Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host as always, Jacob Rood. Thank you guys as always for making us your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code Locked On. Get your first deposit doubled up to $100. IU might have its last like truly winnable game on the gridiron this weekend. Maybe the last chance that fans are going to give them to do anything exciting when they go to Rutgers uh, tomorrow on Saturday. This one is a noon kickoff, as I said, in Piscataway. Uh, SHI Stadium, Shy Stadium, I don't know how it's pronounced. Uh, it's a new stadium, or a new, na- excuse me, a new name for the stadium uh, up there in Rutgers, but it will be on Big Ten Network on Saturday. This is a Rutgers team that came into the season projected to be worse than Indiana by most kind of models or algorithms. Uh, whatever you want to point to coming into the game, they are three and three overall, oh, and three in the Big Ten as well. Their conference losses have been 27 to 10 to Iowa, 49 to 10 to Ohio State, 14 13 to Nebraska. So, that only one, they're the, the last one's the only one we can really compare anything off of. IU played Nebraska close as well. That Nebraska game was at home for Rutgers. IU's was in Lincoln. So however you want to measure what that is worth, um, that is what the Hoosiers are coming in up against. Vegas isn't big on the Hoosiers in this one. It's IU plus three, plus 140 money line. Uh, for the Hoosiers, over under of 48. Typically somewhere around two to three points is what you get for being uh, at home. So on a neutral field, this would be pretty close to a pick or a toss-up. Uh, we'll see how much it matters playing in Piscataway for this Rutgers team because, I mean, if it's IU's last uh, chance at a winnable game, it's... it's um, Rutgers as well, because they have Minnesota, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Maryland, uh, and they are at Minnesota and at Maryland, which are probably the two easiest games on that uh, slate at Michigan State as well. So this is very much the last winnable game um, for either one of these teams, not necessarily the last win, but the last one they're going to go in not as a pretty clear underdog. SP Plus also favors Rutgers in this one. They project Rutgers by 5.4 points. 26-21 is the projected score. Those good at math, that is 47 points. The over-under is 48, so right there in line. But a 62% win probability for Rutgers in this one. SP Plus has not really... um, liked Indiana all season long, even with the wins. And honestly, they've been right. Basically. Um, they, they continue to be pretty pessimistic about Indiana. And even when they were winning games, I think Hoosier fans will 
um, even admit that they were coming in performances that did not warrant a win. And so looking at this one, I mean, IU, they did play well last week, but this isn't any, this isn't a model that necessarily changes, uh, based on a week to week performance. It's what the numbers say. And Maryland was kind of a, an outlier in a lot of ways to how IU has played. I thought they played well against Maryland, but that's the first time it felt like they'd played well in a while. So coming into this one, Indiana is ranked 84th in SP plus 92nd on offense, 73rd on defense Rutgers. Meanwhile, uh, comes in 73rd in SP plus 107th on offense, 25th on defense. So, one of the better defenses Indiana is going to face, uh, at least statistically, but easily the worst offense they're going to face the rest of the way. <laughs> I We'll talk a little bit about it later in the podcast, but I don't really know at this point what to make of Indiana's defense and if they're going to get things right. Uh, previous meetings between these two teams have been pretty heavily dominated by Indiana Though that being said, Rutgers blew the Hoosiers out last season. Indiana was well and truly done looking uh, toward the offseason by the time this game came around. 38-3 to Rutgers win. It was uh, comprehensive. Donovan McCauley was 7-20. Jack Tuttle was 5-10. Grant Grimmel was 6-12. Um, that is all you need to know about that game. Three different quarterbacks played that many snaps. Before that, IU was on a five-game winning streak against Rutgers. Rutgers came into the Big Ten, had a couple wins over Indiana. The 55-52 win in 2015 on homecoming is as kind of randomly angry as I've been about a game for IU and maybe ever. That game was an absolute and utter collapse, and I was furious after that one. My favorite game against Rutgers, though, was 2019. IU wins 35 to nothing, and that doesn't even remotely do justice to this game because Rutgers finished with a singular passing yard. They had 75 total yards in this game. Uh, Johnny Langan was 5 of 13 for one yard in this contest. Penix had three touchdowns. Uh, Stevie Scott rushed for 164 yards. Samson James had a touchdown as well. I miss, I miss that team. I miss uh, that type of IU football. Maybe this is where things start to turn back around. It's hard to say at this point, but Indiana's going to have a chance in this one, as we've said, as we've kind of pointed to. This is a beatable Rutgers team. Now, is Indiana going to take advantage of that? We'll see. We'll see also what Tom Allen had to say about this team, about this Rutgers team, and about the Hoosiers after last week on his radio show. Before we dive into that, though, as I mentioned, this episode was or is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up col- the college football season. This is the part where I normally talk about the Pickums for IU this week. They do not have IU on the Pickums yet. I don't know that they will with this game. Um, they don't have Michael Penix either. And so I, I will share with you a a different feature of underdog that I enjoy. I played it last weekend. 
uh, for the baseball playoffs. They have drafts as well on Underdog. Um, I used it to play when the Phillies were playing the Braves and the Dodgers were playing the Padres on the same day. Uh, you just drafted teams based on uh, the available players that day. I won money. I, I put in $5, won $7, so came away with some money. They have it for the NBA as well. They go. They have day by day. You can even go time slots if you want to rule out some games or um, do the whole slate. It, it's one of the more enjoyable things. I, I enjoy that kind of daily fantasy aspect of it and the drafting aspect of it. So if you guys want to look to do that as well, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. You can't actually do the pickums in Indiana. I haven't really said that, but uh, I've tried. You can't do the pickums. You can't do them in Philadelphia or Pennsylvania where I was at last week either. The drafts are still fun though, and there's still a deposit match even if you can't do the pickums. Sign up with that promo code locked on, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. So if you deposit a hundred, you get a hundred for free. Go to UnderdogFantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. I have it pulled up on my phone right here. That is what I was looking at. Uh, it's a it's a very f- simple. Uh, very easy to use app and one that I actually enjoy quite a lot. So that's underdog fantasy promo code locked on. That's all one word. Get in on the college football pick em action today. Thanks to all you guys for making us your first listen or your first watch every day. Uh, in case you missed it, we crossed 300 episodes on Thursday. That was our 300th episode I said it at the end of the show. I want to kind of put it a little earlier up. Thank you guys for for supporting us throughout all of this. Um, this has been a a fun ride to get to this point. So um, if you guys can head on over to Apple and um, leave a review, leave a rating. It doesn't even have to be a review. Just leave a rating. Helps us out as we continue to grow this show. Let's talk about Tom Allen's radio show, what he said about Rutgers, uh, his weekly radio show on uh, Wednesdays. Um, He talked about a number of things, both Rutgers, both IU. Let's dive into all of it. Actually, Don Fisher was the one who noted Rutgers is the third IU opponent to come off a bye week. Just one of those things. Can't really control it. I don't think the Big Ten is intentionally doing that, but uh, it's one of the breaks of the game that IU has to deal with. But third time they're facing an opponent coming off a bye week. Rutgers has played three different quarterbacks this season. All three of them are going to be healthy in this game. And they changed offensive coordinators last week. Uh, here's what Tom Allen said, quote, it's a unique situation. They had the bye week. So we've been studying and trying to figure out what they're going to try to do. It's kind of like your game one all over again. You don't really know what you're going to see. You can kind of think back to Nebraska, them switching defensive coordinators. That was one of the teams that came off a of bye week as well. Um, so it's a really, it's an odd situation. Uh, it makes it more difficult to scout. Um, a, a new offensive coordinator with three potential quarterbacks, Evan Simon, Gavin Wimsett, and Noah Vedrill. Vedrill feels like he's been there forever. Uh, that's a name that we've mentioned forever. 
Uh, Johnny Langan, who we just mentioned with the passing yard, is still there. Vedril is in his sixth year of college. Played a year at UCF, two years at, at Nebraska, three years at Rutgers. Uh, Johnny Langan is in his fourth year. He was a freshman when he had the passing yard against uh, IU. It's Simon who has played the most under center this year. 123 snaps, 740 yards, four touchdowns to six interceptions. The name that uh, everybody needs to know, everybody probably does remember, Aaron Cruikshank. Uh, he is the leading wide receiver, 25 uh, receptions for 243 yards and a pair of touchdowns. He's a dynamic player. Earnestly, I mean, Tom Allen said it, uh, but it's kind of, you can kind of write this off as coaches speak sometime. Crookshank is earnestly one of the best uh, wide receivers, probably skill players in, in general in the Big Ten. When he gets service, uh, how much of that he'll get? And who's going to be the one doing it? It is kind of anybody's guess. I would imagine with a bye week and a new offensive coordinator, they're going to be building a lot of things around Crookshank as if they haven't been already. They've gotten him the ball running as well. He has a rushing touchdown. He's touched the ball 28 times uh, for 270 yards this season. Um, as much as they can get him the ball, they're going to continue to do it. In terms of rushing, Samuel Brown, the fifth, has 58 carries for 273 yards and a pair of touchdowns. Uh, and Kyle Monagle uh, has 48 carries, 171 yards, a pair of touchdowns. All Shady Sal uh, Salam has 32 carries, 160 yards, and two touchdowns. Everybody on this team is seemingly rushed for two touchdowns. Overall, though, this is a team that's only throwing for 173 yards per game and only rushing for 160, so 334 yards per game. Now, they still have a positive yardage uh, kind of total because their defense is very good. They're only allowing 194 passing yards and 91 rushing yards per game. Um, they, This is a... A team that can keep things competitive is probably the best way to look at it. Now, if you just zoom in on Big Ten play, Iowa threw for 300 yards against them. Um, that is that is like 700 real yards. If Iowa's throwing for 300 yards against you, excuse me, scratch that, rewind it. They threw for 300 yards against Iowa. That made a lot more sense. I knew I didn't catch that when I was... Uh, doing previews. They threw for 300 yards against Iowa. They only rushed for 61. Uh, they only had 187 total yards against Ohio State when they lost. Uh, and then they threw for 233 yards and rushed for 115 against Nebraska. So 348 yards of offense there. So they've struggled a bit. A lot of their offense came in their non-conference schedule. For example, they beat Wagner and had 585 yards of offense. Um, they haven't cleared the, they haven't cleared 325 yards or excuse me, 350 yards since that other than the Iowa game. So more evidence that the offense struggles. Now the defense, as we mentioned, they held Iowa to only 277 total yards. 
and they held Nebraska to 304 total yards. So it's a defense that's going to keep them in games. Can't well, How much can the Hoosiers kind of punish them and take advantage of whatever opportunities they have? Because um, this is a really good defense and one of the, ironically, one of the better ones in the Big Ten. Not something you would typically associate with Rutgers. Uh, outside of Rutgers, there's a couple other things Tom Allen said on his radio show. Injury update, quote, we're getting closer to being healthy, but we're not going to be fully healthy. We should be as healthy as we've been in a while. You can read between the lines and take some guesses as to the guys who haven't been playing. A.J. Barner, um, Jalen Williams. I It doesn't sound like Cam Jones is close, and I would imagine he's probably the not fully healthy part of that, but... Getting either Jalen Williams or A.J. Barner back, particularly the latter one, uh, would be a huge bonus for this team. The offensive line, it's something I didn't really talk a ton about this week. I mean, I don't want to spend every time we get to talk about IU football talking about the offensive line. And at this point, we've said what we've needed to say. There's not going to be drastic changes. Tom Allen said the following, uh, talking about the line, they changed some things up schematically. Uh uh, at the suggestion of Rod Carey, I guess, um, the offensive line kind of took things personal with the fact that the coach was fired and they should, uh, quote, the bottom line is the things we were doing weren't working. The changes we, we made were positive, which I would say the offensive line was probably better in that game. It still wasn't, I would say good. I mean, they still can't run the ball, but Bazak wasn't running for his life every play as well. So if you hopefully there's more upward trajectory again, I don't, I don't want to talk about it every week. I've made my point. This isn't going to be an instant fix, especially in season and especially without a bye week So incremental improvements is all I'm really looking for. It'd be nice if I, you had a competent run game again, Every time we look back at these old games, it's it's amazing to see what Stevie Scott was able to do versus what the run game has been the last two seasons. Let's switch back to uh, talking about Rutgers and a couple storylines that I think are going to uh, be the biggest things to watch for this game on Saturday. We'll dive into all that here in a moment. So I, the biggest storyline, it's the one I've mentioned couple different times, this is the last really winnable game for IU in a sense that the last game they're going to come into it and not be a pretty clear underdog. Uh, they have their typical kind of murderer's row to finish the season. Uh, they will play this game, they will go on a bye week, and then they will play Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan State, which a game that's looking easier and easier and then Purdue. Um, the Purdue game's the only other game in there. I think that they'll probably be close, but Purdue looks pretty good this year. So this is the last really winnable game for Indiana. Can they stop, stop this losing streak? I mean, theoretically or technically, mathematically, whatever word you want to use, they're still in bowl contention, but they got to win two. They've got to win three of the five games I just mentioned, which good luck finding three there. But I mean, if you want to talk about bowls at all, 
I mean, this is a must win, but I think we're already kind of past that territory anyway. Just for confidence and snapping a losing streak, getting a win right now would be really good for the momentum going into the bye week. I would really like to see that. I really would like to see IU football win because it's been a struggle watching them in Big Ten play this season. Part of that's because they can't get over the hump. And that's the other big thing. Can this team get over the hump again? I thought that they'd kind of cleared some of the, those mental hurdles with the way that they won games early in the season. The final drive against Illinois, that was mentally impressive uh, to put together that drive after struggling as much as they did. Idaho to come out after a really bad first half and just put the pedal to the metal and just race away in that one. Western Kentucky was as mentally, uh, as much of a mental challenge as anything with the way they won that, even against a Cincinnati where they came back after a absolutely abysmal first half and made it a contest again, felt nice. But the last couple of weeks, the Nebraska game, they had one good quarter and they kept it close, but that scoreline I think is kind of flattering. The Michigan game, they had a good half. Then they got really destroyed in the second half. The Maryland game, they led late in the fourth quarter and gave away back-to-back scoring drives to a backup quarterback. Can they get back over this hump? Can they um, clear this kind of mental hurdle again? Or is this just going to be the MO for this team is making it close for a part of the game and then having a really bad stretch and losing? Um, that's going to be, again, I, that's, it's going to be hard not to do that against Penn state and Ohio state. It'd be nice to kind of shed some of those monkeys off the back, um, in this game or heading into this contest. Last thing is the defense going to turn this around. Uh, It's, I, this defense is confounding and it's been confounding all season long. Uh, On paper, I thought this was going to be a really good defense. I know that they obviously had to replace Micah McFadden, and losing Cam Jones hurt quite a bit. But if you just look at the the raw numbers the last couple weeks, 38 points to Maryland, 31 to Michigan, 35 to Nebraska, 45, 33, 35. Since that Illinois game, I don't think that they really have played all that well. Uh, excuse me, it was 30 and 22 to Western Kentucky and Idaho. But, um, since that Illinois game, I don't think that they've played all that well. So I don't know what to really make. This is a really bad Rutgers offense that they should be able to take advantage of. We talked a lot about takeaways and the turnover margin and making plays. I still do think that the way IU plays offensively hurts their defense and forces them to be on the field a lot, but, I mean, this defense isn't doing itself any favors. It, it's not really – this defense has made enough mistakes that it really doesn't matter how long you're going to keep them on the field. They're, they've just struggled in general. So can they get right against the easiest opponent they have remaining on the schedule – a really bad Rutgers offense with the caveat that they have a new offensive coordinator and we they don't really know what to prepare for. But that doesn't really change the personnel. This is a really bad offense. Can IU take advantage of that? 
I hope so, but I mean, when they were in this exact same situation on the other side of the ball against a really bad Nebraska defense, they it didn't work out, to say the least. So, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting contest. Um, a lot of things that you can't really prepare for with switching coordinators in them uh, in a bye week, but... This is a very winnable game for Indiana. The last time we can probably say that. Hopefully, the Hoosiers take advantage of that and uh, come away with a victory tomorrow. Thanks again, guys, for making us your first listen every single day. We'll be back on Monday to recap that. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, We will be live tweeting the game. We'll have a locked on now reacting to the game right afterwards as well. Know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Everyday host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen, Locked On Big Ten. I was on this week to talk about the AP Top 25 for men's basketball. Go give that a listen. Subscribe if you haven't already. I gave you that spiel already. You guys know the deal. Have a great Friday, most importantly. Have a great weekend. Let's go Hoosiers and LEO.